afternoon, actually. It's been such a blessing to have heard all the messages on purpose today. And I happen to think, I, Lord, we heard from the youngest and now to the oldest. And all the wisdom that you hear coming from the hearts and the voices and the callings of each one. And you know, as I listen to each one, knowing all of them, I can hear so much of their self in the purpose that they were speaking. In Brianna becoming a lead pastor with her husband here in the church, to Teresa, my daughter-in-law, who I've watched grow from just a young lady, really, to marrying my son and having three beautiful daughters. And hearing her speak today and, and seeing Lisa, who worked with me, or Kim, who's been with me for quite a while now, and seeing her life with her family and, and her love for, for people and the joy that she truly has. And you could see that joy. I, I can't follow that. I can't keep up with her. If you all could see her in the gym, you'd know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then Lisa, who has worked with me uh, for over 20 years and I've seen her grow into a beautiful woman, too, and down through the years. And so I've got to experience a lot. I've got to see a lot. And God has been so good to me. And I have experienced much of his purpose in my life. And you know, when I started thinking about this, when um, Brianna asked me to uh, be a part of this, the very scripture that came to me, I thought Lisa was going to take it and run with it. I thought, there she goes, Lord. Right here at the end, she's going to speak my whole message. But that's what happens when the same Holy Spirit is working through his people. They're of one accord. They're unified in the Spirit and in the Word of God. And the very scripture that I got was Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. And this scripture I've, I've ministered on in funerals, I've ministered down through the years, this particular scripture. And it says to everything, everyone, there is a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. And I believe today that there's not a one of you sitting here that God didn't have a purpose for your coming. Because of his love for you, I believe our footsteps are ordered of God if you love him. So how do you know today, right now at this very moment, that you weren't brought to this place for such a time as this? That today you didn't step out on that block of that light. And when I saw uh, Nikki do that dance, and I started crying because I could feel the presence of God. When she was doing it, I could feel the Holy Spirit. God will provide. And being the oldest one here probably, I'm telling you, he will do that. From experience, he will provide for you. For all those that love him, he'll never fail you. He's never failed me, nor has he forsaken me, ever. And today, I believe the things that you've heard and going to hear will take you one step closer to the purpose 
to the plan that God has for you. It is taking that one step. It's doing things like this. It's being where he wants you to be and allowing him to direct your life. And Lisa did share this scripture that I'm going to share with you again. Ephesians 2.10. For I am God's workmanship. I'm created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God purposed before that I should walk therein. How many of you believe that everything has purpose? Everything. Everything has purpose. Everyone has purpose. Everything has purpose. To the grass that you see growing, to the birds of the air, everything, to the worms, because the worms get eaten by the birds. So you see, everything has purpose in our lives. Everything God created, he created on purpose, with purpose. Everything in life begins and ends with purpose. Your purpose makes you unique. Your purpose, your purpose is different than anyone else's in this room. God has something specifically for you to do. I believe that no one else can do. Not the same as if it was you that was called to do it. And I want to say this too, that your purpose is all about your journey in life. Every day, every day has purpose. You know, sometimes we just say, I wish this day would get over with. I'm tired of this day. But this day has purpose for you. And if you can sit back and enjoy this day and allow God to do in you what he needs to do in you and to say to you what he wants to say to you, it can be life-changing. Your destiny is what happens at the end of the journey, but you've got to walk toward that destiny. And, you know, I was thinking about the word purpose and I thought, well, I'm going to look in the dictionary and see what that means. Exactly. You have a good idea what it means. But it literally means a deliberate plan or the aim or intention of something. How many of you believe God is intentional? We do a song here, and it's called Intentional. And it said, all things are working for my good. Because he's intentional. Never failing. He's intentional. I know all things are working for my good. We can smile because we know it's working. Through the hurt and the pain, I know it's working for my good. I don't have to worry because it's working for me. He's intentional. He's intentional in our lives. Every little thing matters to God about your life. You have to live your life with purpose, on purpose. That's what I titled this today, On Purpose. God is an on-purpose God. Everything he does, he does with purpose. When God touches you in the spirit, it's not just, oh, well, that feels good. It's a purpose. He's, he's purposeful in touching your life to change something in you, however he speaks to you or whatever he does in your life. In Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 11 and 12, I may be going too fast for everybody, I don't know. But he says here, For I know the plans or the purpose I have for you, declares the Lord, plans 
to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans, a deliberate plan to give you hope and a future. He wants to give you a good future. Wherever you are in this day, just like they were saying, if you're a stay-at-home mom, give it your best. Wherever you are in this day, if you're a teacher, give it your best. God's purpose for you is to do what you're doing now with all your heart. If it's raising that child, you know, I watched my daughter, two raised three boys, and her job was intentional. It was to raise those kids, change those diapers, feed those kids in and out every day, and working with them, taking them to school, watching everything they're doing, busting their iPods, doing things like that. <laughs> but, you know, God, you have to be intentional because she raised three young men. She raised three beautiful daughters. They have a purpose, and they're, the very job that you did is affecting today. It's effective today in what God is doing. So everything... You know, we look at things sometimes and think, oh, I'm just a housewife or I'm just a mother. But, you know, being a housewife, God has purpose in us being a wife and a mother and setting the atmosphere for our home. The women set the atmosphere for their home. God's calling ordinary women really to do extraordinary things. So he wants us to do things with the right heart. And he wants us to be faithful in all that we do. Because if there's anything you don't like about your now, be faithful in your now. Whatever your now is. And a lot of us are in a place of transition. I just transitioned out of being full-time pastor. So my life, I have to look at things differently than what I did in the past. But God had purpose for my life to bring me where I am today. And, you know, I look back at that purpose and I think, oh, oh, my goodness. God was intentional in everything that he did in my life. And it was step by step, day by day. I did not know when he called me into the ministry that a church would be established. I had no idea. I had no idea that a school would be established but day by day, just like what she said, all of a sudden God said, now kindergarten. All of a sudden, day by day, things begin to happen in my life as I just walked out God's everyday purpose, everyday journey for my life. Did I make mistakes along the way? God knows. And a lot of you all know. All the mistakes I made, I didn't do everything perfect. But my heart, I tried to be faithful in what I did. I tried to be purposeful. I tried to live my life with purpose, on purpose. I had to set my mind, this is your purpose. This is what you're doing. If you're raising a kid, you just can't throw that kid to the side and say, well, you know, heck no, somebody else's job here. You may feel like it, but we know that can't happen. But you know, as I studied and, and was thinking about how God does things intentional and how he did things intentional in my life, he intended to give me a son and a daughter. He intended those, those children to bear children. He intended to find to, and to have purpose and brought the right mates in their life. They might not always think so, but I tell you what, God did it. 
God brought those mates and those children into their life. And as I was thinking, I, the, uh, the person that came to me as a leader, and you might know I would preach on Deborah, because every one of us, I think we preach from where we feel we've kind of been as a leader or whatever we've done in our life. And Deborah was brought into a season. God, you know, I think it's funny because she was a judge of Israel. But she was brought into this position as a woman. She literally brought, broke cultural things in her life because it had always been men that had been the judges. And you know, God, it's just like God to throw a woman in the midst of all that. And, and for her to, to become a judge, I mean, she would make decisions over the tribe of Israel. She ruled over the people. And she was brought into this position because the Israelites had done evil in the sight of God. They had done wrong. And they were literally being punished because the Lord tur turned them over to King Jabin at that time. And he was a Canaanite king. And he had a commander of his army called Caesarea who uh, ruthlessly oppressed the people of God. And they were oppressed so bad that they called out for help. And this is where Deborah literally came on the scene. And I believe the scholars say that she was one that was, they thought from the tribe of Issachar because she was understanding the times in which she was living. So she was not somebody that could be weak. She had to be somebody that stood with authority, knew that God had called her, and to stand strong at a time like that. She could not be someone, well, I hope God's with me. You know, I pray he's with me in this, this thing. But she had to know as, as a ruler, as a judge in Israel, that she had to make decisions that were going to affect many, many people. God doesn't put everyone on a platform. God won't call everyone to do what I've done. But we're all called in our own ways for a special purpose, a special season. And she was called in this season because I believe God gave her an understanding of the time in which she was living. Deborah was a wife, and she was married to Lapidoth. When you, that's a name for husband, isn't it? But I believe that he was the right person for her, that he stood with her, because for God to even bring his name out, at, you know, and her as, as a wife, I believe she literally performed as a wife to him. And he understood what she was doing. And God makes us compatible, I believe, with our mates when we're walking with God in the way that, that we should be. So Deborah was a wife. She was a prophet. She was a judge. And in just a moment, you're going to see that she was also a military leader because First of all, Deborah, when she would judge the people, it said she sat under the palm tree. She didn't have a big fancy office or a big fancy tent. But they said she was just humble. And she said, and the people brought their problems to her. She would judge them, judge the problem, and give her a decision on what needed to be done. So during this time when she was doing that, all of a sudden, God began to speak to her. And she, he said to her, I want you to call Barak. 
And I want you to say this is, this is what I'm commanding him to do. I want him to call out 10,000 war, 10, warriors. And then when you do have him do that, then I'm going to call out Caesarea to the Kishon River, and there I will give you victory over him. It was time. God was going to deliver the people. And he said, you, you call our commander here, uh, Barak, get him ready, get these people together, and then I'm going to draw the enemy to this Kishon River. So Barak told her, he said, or Barak told her, I will go, but I'll only go if you go with me. Because, you see, she had an authority about her. She, they knew she could hear from God. They trusted uh, her judgment. And she said, okay. Very well, she replied, I will go with you, but you will receive no honor in this venture. For the Lord's victory over Caesarea will be at the hands of a woman. So he didn't care. He wanted her to go. And he said, when Barak attacked the Lord threw Caesarea and his army into a panic when Barak did what God had told him to do. And I just wanted to tell you this real quick. Uh, they, he sent the army, their army, into a panic, and they followed them and got rid of every one of them, killed every one of them, it said. But Caesarea, the, commanding, the commander of the army against Israel, jumped from his chariot, and he escaped on foot. He started running. And he ran to the tent of a woman called Jael. And she, he came there, and she said, come in here and rest. And she said, I will, I will keep watch for you. So he trusted her, and he said, I'm thirsty. And she said, lay down, I'll get you something to drink. She got him some milk. She covered him up. And out of exhaustion, he fell asleep. And it said that when he fell asleep, she took a tent peg and drove it into his head. She took his life. And the honor went to this woman. And, you know, we think, I don't know, I think things switch down through the years and um, um, with women in ministry or whatever, you know, that... There was a, a lot of talk about women shouldn't teach and women shouldn't do this or that. But all I know is when God speaks, you better do what he tells you to do. And I'm witness to that. In Romans 8, 28, it says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, who are called according to his purpose. So with Deborah, his purpose was intentional. His purpose was intentional with Jael. She was a mighty uh, combination of judge, intercessor, prophetess. She was even called the mother of Israel. And she was a military strategist. So when God calls you, you can, he can take somebody ordinary and do something extraordinary out of their life. Who ever thought at that time in the Old Testament that God would raise up a woman and put her in such a place of authority that that victory would be given to the people to his people Israel so God today is is as in biblical times i want you to know he's calling women today 
And he's calling women to a greater purpose than what they can realize because of the season that we're living in. We don't want to lose this generation. We want to be faithful to God as he raises up this generation. We raised up a generation here and we're seeing the fruit of the generation through Pastor Garrett and through Pastor Bree and, and through all the young people that are raising up here. We did something. When we see them come back and Miss Jenny, God love her, and all those that have served the youth and done the things that they've done down through the years, but it takes us as mothers. It takes us as prophetess. It takes us as, as those in authority in all of our lives, whether it's whatever you're leading, where you're leading in a home. You, you know, I always feel like women lead in the home. They lead in every area. They lead as teachers. They lead, they lead as attorneys. And, you know, I, I, was, I told my granddaughter, I want to share something today because I've seen her go through high school. Well, she went through school here, and uh, I watched her then go on to high school, and then she had a little lull in there. But then she saw, hey, I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to do something with my life. She got up. She went to college. She not only went to college, but she went on and got her master's in social work. And I am so proud of her, as I am all of my grandchildren. But the reason I'm bringing this up is I saw something she posted on Facebook. And I thought, this is perfect for what I'm going to speak on today. And how that her life is so precious in what she's doing. And Lauren had a client that addressed his senior letter to her. And this is what she was saying on Facebook. One of my clients addressed his senior letter to me, and I have to say I have never felt more honored than after I read his words. In this line of work, it's so easy to feel as if you're failing every day, failing miserably. Then out of nowhere, something good happens, and you forget all the bad. That's what happens when we walk out our purpose. Seeing some of my kids, as I tend to call them, graduate and succeed after supporting them through some of the hardest times in their lives is a feeling of joy that's difficult to express. I chose to post this part of his letter because I think it illustrates how much it means to a teenager or a child or adult when you don't place blame and instead try to understand why they are the way they are. And that when you continually practice empathy, it can absolutely change a life. This is what I was meant to do. Thank you, Jesus, for reassuring me of your plan, your purpose for my life. Today is a good day. And this is the letter that he wrote. There's so much you have done for me. And I cannot thank you enough for every minute of our sessions. I think everyone has a destiny or a purpose picked for them when they are born. Something they excel at more than anything else. 
this is what you were meant to do. This is from that person. It's obvious to see. The biggest reason I was able to open up to you is because you were the first therapist to make me feel like I was talking to a friend and not someone who was just there to get paid. You never made me feel like I was a mess up or that everything was my fault and I had a problem. You didn't try to force me to change, but you made me see for myself that if I don't change, things will get worse. And that was where she cut off the letter. But how true is that? Her life touched another life because she followed her purpose up to this point. Her purpose was to touch another life. My purpose was to touch your life and your life and all of you. And however God had designed me for my purpose. Never knowing at my age when I look back. Because I'm older, you're all younger, a lot of you just getting started. Lauren's just getting started and realizing. But how I've seen my journey, how I've walked that journey day by day and year by year, trying to be faithful in God's plan for my life. Lisa carries her box with her. Oh. But I want to encourage you today that God's intentional and he's on purpose for your life. And Lacey, I just want to say to you, it's so beautiful what God's doing through your life. And the worship. And you know how we could all have a story of how our lives started out. And how God has taken us on a journey. My destiny will be filled when I go home to be with him. I'll have completed all that he has had for me. There's one more little thing I'd like to read to you that, that I found that touched me and I thought might minister to you all today. This was written by a British novelist by the name of William Golding. And he said, I think women are foolish to pretend they are equal to men. They are far superior and always have been. Whatever you give a woman, she will make greater. If you give her sperm, she'll give you a baby. <laughs> if you give her a house, she'll give you a home. If you give her groceries, she'll give you a meal. If you give her a smile, 
she'll give you her heart. She multiplies and enlarges what is given to her. And all of you do that. You multiply and enlarge all that God has given to you. Most of you, I know you in this room. and Some I've seen you grow up from little children dedicated, a lot of you too. <laughs> and how that the Holy Spirit is personal to you. He knows you by name. He's called me by my name. He's called me by my name. And it so shocked me the first time he did that. And I said, you know my name. Duh. <laughs> he knows our name. He knows everything about us. And he wants to be personal. He's, he is a person. He has a personality. He loves you. He desires to walk with you. He, he want, Jesus gave him to you. The gift of the Holy Spirit. To talk to you. To, to, for you to hear his voice. For him to lead you and guide you. He's your teacher. He's your guide. He's your instructor. He's your counselor. He's everything. God gave you everything. When Jesus died on that cross and ascended into heaven, he said, I'm going to leave you the promise of the Father. He'll be everything to you that I am. Everything to you that I am. He'll love you, walk beside you, encourage you, strengthen you. You're never alone. You're never alone. Lord, I pray. That you awaken us to the call that you have for their lives. That you will remove any bondage or fear from their heart and mind. That you will let your wisdom and courage rest upon them. You'll awaken them from where they sleep. That you will help them to walk circumspectly in this hour. That you will make them alert to your voice and aware of your purpose. I thank you, Lord, that you are an extraordinary God and that you will accomplish extraordinary things through each and every one of them here today. Give them ideas, insight, and concepts to bring deliverance, Lord, to many. Lord, let us release and speak words of life to a hurting generation. That they walk in the power and in the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God and do great and mighty things in your name. For Father, God, it's in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.